Good morning, Molweni Khuyamora. How's it? And welcome to .za, the show for South Africans, by South Africans, and about South Africans living abroad. At .za, we network with South Africans from across the globe, telling your stories, learning from your challenges, and providing a much-needed community to celebrate our heritage and cultural connections across time zones. I hope you enjoyed last week's show. We were connected with South Africans living in Australia, Sydney, and we visited our virtual venue, Boulders Beach. And today we're flying across the globe all the way to a new destination and connecting with another South African whose shame is missing home there. Okay, but before we jump into the interview, let's ground ourselves and celebrate the beauty of South Africa with another visit to one of our virtual venues. Today, we are in Kirstenbosch Botanical Gardens. Mm. Take a deep breath in. Let's settle our soul. Breathe out. Here we go. Okay, so let me tell you a bit about Kirstenbosch Botanical Gardens. The last time I visited Kirstenbosch, I was walking with my nephew, Jesse. And as we were walking through the gardens, I was saying to him how healthy and how wonderful it was. And then he described it as a rejuvenating experience. Rejuvenating. Can you that word rejuvenating? <laughs> Spot on. Nestled in the eastern foot of Table Mountain, the garden was founded in 1913 and now preserves species of flora indigenous to South Africa. The last time I visited, they had a, they had constructed this, what is it called? The pop, it's a very popular, uh, Boomslang, the Boomslang Bridge, as part of a walk through the garden. Um, the bridge actually moves as walkers cross it, and it's a beautiful way and must experience um, part of the tree canopy, the tree canopy going through the gardens. Anyway, there's also the popular ravine called Skeleton Gorge, which can be used um, to get from the gardens, from Kirstenbosch, all the way to the top of Table Mountain. So, definitely worth exploring. In the summer, um, a popular series outdoor concerts are held in Kirstenbosch Gardens on Sunday evenings. Many well-known locals, um, the Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra, Johnny Clegg, Mango Groove, Freshly Ground, have performed there. And in recent years, uh, several international performers like Michael Bublé, Cliff Richards, also had their concerts there. So the garden has a restaurant and a cafe. And you can enjoy a liquor cup of rooibos tea there after your walk. Please don't bring your gazebo, no? Oh, please don't bring your gazebo. There's enough shade there under the trees. And you can even take your own picnic blanket and some horses and cook sisters along, right? Okay. <laughs> don't bring your gazebo, please. We must maintain the standards. We have such a beautiful South Africa. I hope you get to visit soon. I'm longing to go visit. I know Cyril is talking to Uncle Boris to organize us getting off the red list here in the UK. But um, yes, I do hope um, to visit soon. And I hope Cape Town Nature Conservation is listening now because I want, I, I, you know, Ixukukal, a, a, a sponsor. <laughs> okay, on with the show. My next guest on Day, and I first met, my guest and I, we first met on the taxi. No, not on a taxi. <laughs> on the taxi, the taxi roadshow with Sally Philander. Joshua Buchalter is an inspiration to listen to and a motivating soul. Joshua, we welcome your positivity. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> hey, Joshua. Welcome and thank you for signing up, uh, joining us this morning. I was going to say signing up to the podcast, but you can do that too. <laughs> How are things? How are things your side? Very good. All Super. is well. 
Looking forward to the rugby later. Ah, you see, you've got your priorities. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's share with the South Africans around out there just a little bit about your background and where we're having this conversation from. I'll let you do the honors. <laughs> sure, of course. So I was born in South Africa, grew up in Neisner. Oh, no, small no. little town on the garden route it's funny mm. sometimes i even meet south africans and i say i'm from nice and they ask me where is that oh um, no <laughs> so i'm not me I'm man not sure. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was so. nice growing up in a small town yeah. and now i currently live in tel aviv in israel i've been living here for the past year wow oh my days for the for the past year so wait so when did you 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 must have left like before the pandemic or during to be exact (laughs) i arrived here on the first of october 2020 so it's been a year it's literally been a year today and today you're going to be announcing that anniversary to the world via this podcast (laughs) um sorry i think we're having a few technical difficulties but we're going to see if we can get josh back can you hear me i'm here Oh, good, good. Oh, no, I think we just cut out intermittently. I don't know, maybe the um, powers that be are making sure that nothing untowards is happening. Tell me a little bit about Tel Aviv. <laughs> What's it's, it like there? It's really nice. It's uh, very international, very yeah. cultured. Um, people from all walks of life. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's very vibrant. I think yeah. for... For a young professional, twenty someone in their twenties or thirties, it's a very exciting city to live in, and yeah. Um, and yeah, I have a lot of fun. Uh, you uh, so how did you you ended you ended up there in the middle of COVID, right? So how is it that you uh, found yourself there? I mean, I know you've got Jewish background as well, right? You yeah. are Jewish, yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. I yeah. mean, how I ended up here was influenced by COVID, I guess. I was working in the cruise industry in the uh, Caribbean, um, and COVID obviously shut down the cruise industry course. completely. So I found myself back at home in March last year when COVID mm. came in, very unexpectedly. Mm. And I guess COVID influenced everyone in one way or another. For me, everything I knew in terms of my job and kind of life on the cruise ship abruptly ended and i realized that i had to find something new i had to find a new direction um so i'd I'd been working quite hard for about five years i started on trips when i was 20 and now COVID came when it came i was 25 years old yeah Um, and i felt like you know in terms of what to do next economies were closed there weren't a lot of opportunities i had been toying with the idea of studying for a while Mm. And that became the best option. Um, so I came to, I'm at an international university here in, in Israel, just outside of Tel Aviv. And I decided to start a new chapter. Wow, that is in, in <laughs> post-corona. But I or, mean, during corona, a, rather. During, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think that's amazing. And it's a really brave thing to be able to do. And just to face, you know, this change and a lot of people, it's been hard, right? For different people, they've had different struggles with it. But well done you for kind of just turning the page and starting something else, right? Yeah, thanks. I mean, it was difficult. There's yeah. no denying that. But no. I, I really felt like I didn't have many options. Um, what did I, you, if, if you don't mind me asking, because I really want to keep this podcast real. You say it was difficult. What was the, what was some of the challenges that you had to deal with? 
You know, I think one of the challenges was maybe letting go of the cruise industry and the life that I knew. It was kind of forced. Mm. Um, it was almost just taken away from me and anyone who worked in the cruise industry. So that was a little bit difficult. I didn't even have a farewell to the industry mm. or, or the life that I knew. It's just like one day I was at work, the next day I was on a plane home, and that was the end. Yeah. Um, so that maybe was a little bit difficult. Very, ab- very abrupt. Yeah. In terms of my mindset, come in here. But, and then, you know, naturally, I think moving to a new country is always challenging. Moving to a new country where the first language is not English during mm. COVID it just had its challenges in in a sense of settling down. And you speak you speak any other languages? You speak I mean you speak no. Afrikaans, right? <laughs> I speak a bit of Afrikaans which doesn't help too much here. <laughs> but um trying to increase my vocabulary in Hebrew, I uh, have been struggling to do exactly that, <laughs> but um I would say I, I only speak English. Uh, that's and the that... which I speak. <laughs> And that that can be a challenge, especially. I mean, I'm I'm speaking to South Africans from all over the world, and hearing them and their integration issues. You know, language can be a real challenge. But you you're up for it, right? You're taking lessons. <laughs> yep, I, I haven't taken lessons my first year, but I have signed up and officially start on October twelfth. I will okay. be doing a, a Hebrew course, basically. <laughs> so hopefully, I'll be able to at least make small talk. In Hebrew. <laughs> Yeah, well, but well done. We were we were talking earlier before we got on. You you told me the, uh, a story about a town in 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 um, in Israel or near to where you are. Yeah, called uh, Ranana Fontaine. <laughs> right, it's called Ranana, but because so many South Africans live there, its nickname is Ranana Fontaine after Bloemfontein. Oh my days! Um, so when I'm in Ranana. Fontaine, I, I feel a little bit more at home. There's a South African shop there selling oh. Pro Neutro and Milo and Robots <laughs> tea and all those goodies that make you feel at home. Um, and yeah, that's that's maybe a, a nice aspect. There are a lot of South Africans here. There's a Facebook group. If there's a Facebook page, then we can definitely, um, you know, they can definitely find it. Do you know what the Facebook page is called? South Africans living in Israel (laughs) (laughs) because we just live everywhere all the Facebook pages South South Africans living in Australia South Africans living in (laughs) France Um, a lot of my connections have been through those Facebook pages but yeah you know everyone's got Facebook so people need to go and uh, can find out more there exactly Um, exactly (laughs) your family's all still in South Africa right yeah my parents and my brother um, wow. are in South Africa. They are in Wait, Eisner, So specific. is there, just to be clear, there's no one else with you in, I mean, you don't have any family members in, in Israel yeah. with you? I have quite distant cousins, more my mom's generation. Um, wow. So not necessarily someone my age who, who I would yeah. call up, but I have yeah. seen those cousins. Yeah. Who, who... Listeners won't know this, but Josh and I have been having some t- technical difficulties. The listeners, w- <laughs> the listeners won't know because I'll just edit the technical j- difficulties out, so it'll still sound <laughs> seamless. Um, but thanks for bearing with us, Josh. Um, you sure, were, you no were talking about you were talking about connecting with your cousins, but no one your age is around there. Which my point really is just to find out about or, or to applaud you again because you're doing this solo, literally, right? There's no one <laughs> with all your family back home still. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the nice things about, or one of the easier aspects about moving here was being part of an institution, as I said, I'm studying. Mm. Uh, so being part of a, a university just meant I was meeting like-minded people my right. age. And, right. and I think I mentioned before, it's an international university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm meeting other English speakers who are literally in the same situation as me, can't yeah. speak a word of Hebrew, just <laughs> moved to a new country from all over the world. Um, and dealing with the same things. I think I find certainly in my own experience, like I met up with so many foreigners when I first came to the UK. And I think there is that foreignness that connects us. Yes, absolutely. Mm. You, you've, you've going through the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, having left your home country and, and starting somewhere new. Mm. So that's, that's definitely been helpful for me. And I feel like in the past year, I've met so many people and networked so much through mm. the university experience, which has been really great. What, what would you say to South Africans? Because there's lots of, often there'll be barriers to being able to travel and, and, um, and, and explore, but to people that are wanting to do it? Look, I think it's, it's important to do it, especially at the right time in your life. Mm. Um, and, and for me personally, I always felt that my 20s was a period for experimenting, exploring, getting out of my comfort zone. And, and I almost felt like if I made a big decision, like moving to another country, and mm. it was the wrong decision, I wouldn't be too upset personally, because mm. I realize the bigger picture. I'm trying yeah. to put myself out there during my 20s, hoping that it leads to something amazing. And I think nine times out of 10, it does lead to something really, really good. Um, and knowing that South Africa is always there with its doors open if things aren't going well is obviously a little bit comforting. Uh, so I, yeah. I just feel like it's the, the pros of exploring and traveling and mm. moving to a new country and the connections that it can lead you to outweigh any of the fears or, or feelings of anxiety that could be involved in making the decision. That's really helpful because you are someone that's well-traveled through the cruise ship industry. But I know a lot of South Africans who would say to me, you know, we've got Table Mountain, we've got Neisner, we've got the Hermanus, we've got all these beautiful places. Why would you want to leave? Oh, the waterfront. <laughs> why, <laughs> why would you want to leave? You know, we live in yeah. a holiday destination. Yeah. Look, for me, it's, it's not about not being happy in South Africa or not liking South Africa. It's mm. really just about this is the time of my life where I feel it's suitable Whoa. to do something like this. So if not now, when I'm in my 30s or 40s and looking mm. to settle down and raise a family, mm. I'm not going to be able to do something like this. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and like I said, South Africa will always be there. So mm. either mm. I move and it's the mm. right decision. Or, and, and therefore I stay, or after my move, I realize it's not the right decision and I simply go back, but at least mm. I tried. Absolutely. That's amazing. And, and, but just to, <laughs> just to inter interject, we had a listener on the show last week in his 40s. They up and moved to um, Sydney, Australia. So it, it can still be done. But like you say, I think it's a, there's, there, are a lot, there are a lot less challenges if you're doing it at a, at a younger, at a younger age, I think. So I would recommend that as well. I mean, I left S I left SA in my twenties. Um, 
made things a lot more easier when you don't have kids and you don't have, you know, other things, other responsibilities. But what you what you said is also uh, also reminded me of, um, <clears throat> you know, we were talking about about South Africans abroad <clears throat> and their views and perceptions of South Africa. You you know, South Africa will always be there. South Africa will always be your home. That's not always been the attitude you've received when talking to some South Africans around the world, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I personally find a little bit funny is is people's expats, certain expats' um, mm. opinion on South Africa. Mm. Whenever I, I visited them or started talking to them, I would really feel like they are trying to make South Africa look as bad as possible and talk about all the negative aspects about it, hoping that I agree with them mm. so that they feel comfortable with their decision to have left. Mm. That's, that's really my impression. And, and I feel that way because some of the things, you know, there's certain negative aspects about South Africa where none of us need reminding. No one needs <laughs> to tell me about load shedding and, and the crime rates. I'm yeah. well aware of it. And when we emphasize on things like that and talking about how crazy it is for someone to live in a country where these issues exist, yeah. it's like, you know what, let's, there, there must be a re another reason why this person yeah. is emphasizing these issues. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not something that's happened all the time, but there have been a couple of occasions where yeah. I've kind of just felt that. Um, and, and yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, you can be, I think you can be happy anywhere in the world. So it's, it's not about what issues the country has. And it's not about because South Africa has political issues, you cannot be happy there. That's absolutely mm. not true. Mm. Uh, mm. No, so absolutely. I just, think, I just think kind of talking about the issues that everyone is well aware of <laughs> is besides the point. Uh, yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. I think it's so true. South Africa is South Africa. It's got its problems. It's got its history. No one's sweeping nothing under the carpet. But it's also what makes South Africa such a diverse and interesting place today. Um, and, and challenging place. But, you know, yeah. every place has its challenges. And I think um, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, there's a couple of friends of, uh, some friends of mine that I'll be, that'll be on the show, hopefully, in, in the not too distant future, who live out in the Netherlands, and they run a charity that's actually based in South Africa, and they can do so much good. I'm going to give them a plug, actually. It's called um, Sosa. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, Supporting Orphans in Southern Africa is, is yeah, SOSA, Supporting Orphans in Southern Africa. And they, you know, they send clothes, anyone that they know who's traveling that way, you know, obviously they've also been affected by COVID, but, but anyone that they know who's traveling that way, they always ask them, can you take a suitcase of clothes? They, they, they do funding uh, specifically for food for the orphanages that they support. I mean, they do amazing work outside of the Netherlands, but they outside in the Netherlands, but they're still connected to South Africa. And um, so JP and Renate, if you're listening, I hope you join us on the show soon. Yeah, you can sounds, do, sounds like great work that they're doing. Yeah, you can do so much from, from outside of the country. But it must also be, you know, uh, just to get back to you, it must be tough without your family and COVID still. I mean, I know there are discussions. Uncle Cyril is talking to the international community about getting South Africa off the dead list, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's it's almost a little bit frustrating. I've uh, 
just finished my summer break where I had the opportunity to travel, yeah, didn't yeah. go home just due to uncertainty with COVID. Mm. Now it seems like there are flights. It is a possibility, but I'm kind mm. of back in my schedule and uh, probably mm. won't have a break until around February. Uh, February is a great time of year to visit South Africa. It so is. I was eight. going to say <laughs> the yeah, kids are back at school. Exactly. Know. Hopefully uh, there's no lockdowns in place and, and it's on level one or, or it's just straightforward to get to South Africa and get back to Israel again without yeah. any any problems or quarantines yeah 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 i was joking uh, uh, with someone else the other day saying how so many south africans don't even have passports you know they, they it's such a thing to get your id book to get traveling um so yes we must encourage the south africans that are listening if you don't have your passport you're not going to be able to join an international community <laughs> it's Absolutely. so important it's, it's necessary a- it's so necessary. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the things you can kind of, I know home affairs is probably going to be the slowest, but it's one of those admin things you can do now, right? When there's nothing else to do. Exactly. Especially because like you say, at home affairs is going to be quite slow. If you only need your passport in about two years from now, it's probably a bit late to be applied and you've got to get that done later. Because <laughs> <laughs> it might take a while. Anywhere in the home. I think everything is delayed. Everything is delayed, yeah. Um, in the UK, we have these um, fuel shortages at the moment. I must tell you, yeah, I'm going to just divert and talk about me a little bit. <laughs> it's, and it's like, I've, I've, I've lived in the UK for 16 years now, but it's the only country where I had to have bottled water delivered to my door because there were pipes that had rippers and where I, where I have faced a fuel shortage. <laughs> so, you know, so there's no diesel around because there's, the, there's not enough truck drivers to deliver the diesel. But what I'm, my point is more to the whole, you know, bad-mouthing South Africa. Listen, there's challenges wherever you go in the world, right? <laughs> completely, completely. <laughs> just, just different challenges. It's always okay. about mindset and how you perceive the challenges. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad you've touched on that because we like to start the show um, for the listeners that have been listening uh, regularly. We like to start the show with a little bit of meditation and it's very tongue in cheek. I always say, you know, just take a deep breath, release the worries and all the rest. But actually, it is about mindset. So we visit these beautiful South African virtual beauty spots because we can't be there in person. And we've been to Table Mountain and Boulders Beach. And this week we've been wandering in Kirsten Bosch Botanical Gardens. But it is about just taking a moment, grounding yourself, you know, facing up to what the challenge is and then kind of going, okay, what next? <laughs> or yeah. what do I do? You know, exactly. Curling exactly. up into a ball is not going to help, right? Yeah. As, as real as the challenges are. So I want to give you the opportunity, Josh, as well, to give a shout out to anyone back home listening, because I think that's you haven't seen your family in a year and COVID hasn't helped. And, and, and is there anyone back home you want to say, you want to give a particular hi to? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To my parents, of course. Yeah. To my mom and dad, and then to my brothers as well. Yeah, Looking awesome. forward to uh, being all together once again, hopefully soon. Fantastic. Well, Josh, thank you so much for uh, uh, putting some time aside to chat with me on the podcast about your experience in Tel Aviv, Israel, and all about Renana Fontaine and learning <laughs> Hebrew. <laughs> 
But mostly, I want to thank you for just sharing that positive attitude, which is so proudly South African. I recognize that in you. You're so spirited. And I think it's something that has always boded you well. And I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been good being part of the show. Oh, thanks, Josh. Take care. Thanks, Abe. Bye. Bye.